Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. So grab your coat and your crucifix. We are going out, out, because on the turntable this week, it's Jesus at the Gay Bar by Cub Sport. New release alert. New release alert. <laughs> and what a new release, Will. Uh, I know uh, we've been listening for a few weeks now and I have to say I love it. It does make me want to go out. It makes me want to think, have a little weep, but mainly go out and um, go off on one. And we are going to go off on one on this episode and we're not alone. No, we're not alone. Are you talking about God? Yes. Got to remember his dad. Jesus' dad, not God's dad. Is God God's dad? God's... Who's God's dad? No, don't go don't go into all of that because we're on very dodgy territory trying to talk about religious facts. Well not facts. Or oh, even that is just a Oh goodness. It's a can uh, of worms, isn't it? It's a minefield. Uh, minefield. And great point, if you're listening to this on album release day, if you're listening on Patreon with early access, it's Good Friday. So what a day to release Jesus at the gay bar. Love it. What is they to release Jesus into the gay bar? Mm. And you did meet uh, Jesus in the gay bar once, didn't you? Oh, gorgeous, uh, gorgeous young lad, yes. Uh, and you once did think you saw Jesus at the gay bar, but I think that was more to do with how much you had consumed whilst you'd been there. You were the one going to the bar that night, Will, and I was very worse as, as ever, actually, I might add, uh, whenever we go out, which is only a few weeks ago, actually, we last went out. And I have to say... Uh, I was putting my hand in my pocket all night. No, oh, no, that, that's first, not. A... <laughs> first drink, we went to Weatherspoons, and I got that. I got that round in. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's get the facts straight. Uh, anyway, we digress. We are joined by two of the stars of Cub Sport to talk about this new album, track by track. And uh, from the other side of the world, they joined. They were beamed in to our uh, recording rooms uh, from from Australia. Through the magic of technology, they were here with us to go through the album and what incredible insights we had from them. And also, how lovely were they? Uh, they were absolutely lovely. There's nothing about starting uh, a Zoom recording with an artist uh, to be met by a wet nose and a panting mouth. It's <laughs> lo- absolutely lovely. I'm, of course, talking about their dog. Oh, love a dog on a Zoom call. I was hoping he'd play more of a role, but actually he was very, he was a good boy uh, and he kept quiet. Very Not the well dog behaved. should always be kept quiet. We are two massive dog fans on Track by Track. Mm. And uh, if you don't know who Cub Sport are, where have you been? Because you've been sleeping on a treat. Uh, Cub Sport are an Australian group. They're from Brizzy uh, and they've been around for uh, well over 10 years now. You have got... Tim and Dan and Sam and Zoe. Uh, you've also previously had Andrew and Beck in the group. Uh, and they've already, you know, we love this album, but they've already had uh, four other albums. Uh, like, Le- like Nirvana was the last release back uh, in the midst of all of that business in 2020, back in July. Self-titled album, Cub Sport before that. And then we also had Bats. And this is our Vice now, I don't know about you, Dan, but I was all, I've was i always been aware of Cub Sport and dipped in and out of their tracks. But this is the first album where I have been deeply into it and invested in not just the sounds and the production, but the concept of it 
and the meaning behind it and the lyrics. Yeah, I think the same. From I got into them through I first heard Come On Mess Me Up from the first album and first got into them and really fell for them. But this as a whole piece and, and also as the continuation of their own story, because, of course, Sam and Tim, who we spoke with, who we're going to hear from in just a second, are together. Um, it just works beautifully as part of the story. And, oh, my God, couple goals for those two because they oh were absolutely uh, lovely uh, together. Even though, and I'm sure you will hear this in a minute, it was first thing very, very early in the morning over there. Well, shall we do it, Will? Shall we hand over to ourselves and Sam and Tim to go track by track through Jesus at the Gay Bar? Let's go for it. Enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to Track by Track Cub Sport. Tam, Tam and Sim, sorry, already. <laughs> Welcome to Track by Track. Sam and Tim, hello. How are you doing? Hi, good, thank you. Now, I know uh, it's very late here in the UK, but very early uh, for, for both of you. Uh, hope it's not too early. Hope you're not too sleepy still. Hopefully, this will wake you up, maybe. Yeah, this is a perfect way to get into our day. <laughs> That's good to hear. I think I saw a little iced coffee there. Did I see? Yes. Oh, yes. You're right. Perfect. <laughs> so, so Cubsport are back. Uh, and it's been a few years now since, uh, since we had the wonderful Light Nirvana. What have you been up to in the years since uh, the last album? Well, I guess uh, a bit of a break from like touring and everything. Um, like all artists had through like 2020 through to like, yeah, basically last year um and yeah just writing music we went on a couple of road trips um we did like a a little band like half holiday half like meetings trip um last year that was really fun but yeah a lot more time at home and like in Australia than we'd had in like the four years before that i think it was a, a, everything that happened from 2022 as you say to last year for some this year there was some some of those bittersweet moments where you could do things that you you know couldn't normally do and for you guys i guess that is just being at, being at home for a lot longer yeah totally and yeah kind of like the in the later parts of that period where we didn't have like such extreme lockdowns um it was kind of yeah a chance to like hang out with friends and do do things that like we normally can't do when we're like on tour a lot um so yeah even though there were kind of like weird and hard parts of like living through that period um there were a lot of good things that came with it as well and it's great to hear you back uh, with a new album, which we're going to talk about in more detail today. Uh, it's a very different sound. And one of the things that we love about Cub Sport is that you, you're not defined by any particular genre. You're always, it's always refreshing. It's always new. It's always exciting. Where did the inspiration for this album come from? It's much more uh, ready for the dance floor, much more upbeat um firstly thank you so much I yeah I love to kind of like just 
let the project like evolve in any direction that feels right um, at the time that I'm like working on music. I think I think the inspiration kind of came from wanting to make something that felt like energizing and uplifting. I think when I'm working on music, I kind of just aim to create whatever it is I want to listen to most. And I think like through through the lockdowns and that whole period, I I definitely wanted to like be listening to things that felt kind of like more fun. Um, so I think that was kind of that's kind of what like drew me to like a more dance forward sound and direction. And I think I was thinking a lot about the live show and what that was gonna feel like when we like got back to touring. And I wanted there to be kind of more of those joyous, like energetic moments, like for the audience watching the show, but um, also for me performing it. Because for the the last album that we put out kind of in the middle of the pandemic, we didn't get to tour it, but we did play like two shows in our hometown um, where we played that album start to finish. It was like socially distanced, um, like people sitting in chairs, like, so it wasn't like the full, um, like the full fantasy of like presenting an album to the world, but it kind of worked for that album. Um, and yeah, that album is like so, so like raw and revealing. And I like said things on that one that I think I'd been holding on to for kind of like my whole life. And it was like really intense to perform that, like incredible and powerful, but like kind of like heavy. And there were like multiple points in the show where I was just like trying not to cry. And um, I kind of had a feeling after playing those shows, like imagine if I could kind of like do the same thing and like bring the same, I guess, like emotional purity but like what if it was like a more joyous and energetic version of that and I got to like bring like more fun like back into it or something um so I think those were sort of the things that like pointed me in this direction and once I had an idea of like the feeling that I wanted the album to bring um I kind of like had an idea of what I was working towards with the writing and as you say, like this record, it's the total opposite of sitting down and socially distancing. How excited are you about getting out on the road with this? Like for you both, it must be great to be getting on a plane and coming to the UK and to other countries as well. Is how is it starting to feel real yet that that's, that's happening really soon? Yeah, I mean, kind of. I we've been able to play a few festivals over the last year and start like bringing these new album tracks into the set list. And yeah, it feels really good. And the energy from the audience playing these new songs, like even when they like, we haven't released them yet. Um, it's been like a really good vibe. And um, I think like once we're on tour and, the energy of a headline show as well is always just like so beautiful and exciting so I feel like once we're like fully like in the zone and like know 
the whole album like back to front and when it's like everything becomes muscle memory and then you're just like purely like in the zone like playing the show um I feel like being back in that place with these new songs is going to be yeah very fun and yeah as to whether it feels real yeah I don't know I feel like we're just like hurtling through time right now and like things are just like suddenly happening that have felt like they've been like so far um, in the future um but yeah I think it'll feel real very soon (laughs) (laughs) and before we get into the album and talk track by track through it I've just got to talk about the title of the album. One of my favorite album titles that I have seen in so long. When when the announcement came out, I just couldn't wait to listen to it all. I couldn't wait to have a physical copy in my hands. Um, but this, it comes from a poem, doesn't it, the title? Yeah. Um, so it's called Jesus at the Gay Bar. And it's named after a poem by um, Jay Holm. I think that's how you say his name. Um, and yeah, it basically paints a picture of um, Jesus partying at a gay bar and he's like on the dance floor and a boy comes up to Jesus asking to be healed of his gayness. And Jesus says, um, there's nothing in this heart of yours that ever needs to be healed. So reading that poem and like coming from a very religious upbringing and um I guess like a very like homophobic conservative version of Christianity um reading that poem was just like super comforting and it was like I I guess like I grew up praying that like God would like heal me of being gay so it felt very um just like it felt like it like summed up a lot of my experiences and um yeah I yeah kind of felt like it was a the the right name for the album at this like point in the cub sport journey I guess it's been like from when we put out our first album like (laughs) neither samurai was out yet and I think I was still like getting to a place of like self-acceptance and then I guess as you go through the albums it comes yeah I come like more and more into a place of being able to like celebrate my queerness and not just like accept it but like fully embrace it and kind of like unlearn a lot of those things that I learned like from that Christian world so I think that this album title kind of like brings together that whole journey and the point that I'm at kind of like now um and I also think that like the the setting of a gay bar feels right for um the kind of like sound and feeling of a lot of the album that's why i want to be when i'm listening to this album with jesus yes (laughs) (laughs) shall we get stuck into the album proper and and talk through these uh 10 tracks um track by track as we do um yes let's do it let's go for it so track one is Always got the love. Yeah, 
So Always Got To Love. I was inspired to write this song um, after we went on a road trip and we went to this beautiful beach in New South Wales called Hyam Beach where the, uh, the sand is just like pure white and it's like a literal paradise. And that was in like February, 2021. And in the couple of months before that, like I hadn't been feeling amazing. And um, I remember like this one particular day when we were like just hanging out at the beach I just like felt really good. And um, I remember having a thought like, this is like the feeling that I want to like try and capture in a song and like hold on to that and have that as like part of this next era of the band. Um, and then a week later, we, oh wait, maybe a couple of weeks later, we went to Melbourne for me to do some like writing and recording there. And it was my first day of that trip. I think we got like the first part of the day and it was Sam's birthday the night before we left. So I was like super tired. Um, and I remember thinking like maybe this first day will be like a write off. Cause I'd be surprised if I could come up with anything when I'm like this sleep deprived. Um, but yeah, I got in the studio with Simon Lamb for the first time ever and always got the love kind of just like flowed out. And when, as it was kind of like coming together and I was getting like melody ideas and stuff, um, I started to like have a sense that it was like that song that I like felt like I wanted to write like that day on the beach. And so that sort of inspired um, the song lyrically um, but it's kind of I feel like it's it doesn't necessarily feel like a song for like the beach I feel like it could be but like kind of feels like a bit clubbier like for party and stuff um, but yeah after writing Always Got The Love I was like okay this is this is like the the zone that I feel like I should like try and bring more like try and bring myself into this zone more for the rest of the album. I remember when Tim came home back to our Airbnb that day after writing Always Got The Love and the Airbnb had like a big surround sound um, speaker system and we put it on that for the first time and it just felt so instantly like it was the energy of this new era that was unlocked and presented to us um and I just remember dancing to it that night feeling <laughs> so like excited at the prospect of what was to come and what else was going to be created for this sort of new body of work in this new world was it was it destined was to be the 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 first track on the album the first song to be released because of that do you think it kind of felt like it yeah it had a certain something to it and it when you go back and listen to the very first demo it um it has exactly the same energy it's a, like you know it's a bit smaller it's not quite as grand um but even without you know the layers of production and how big it got um it still holds exactly the same power and um and feeling to it which is really cool it's all like the same 
same vocals from that first demo. Like the ones you hear on the recording is like the first time I ever sang it when I was basically just like freestyling and like figuring it out as I went. And then I tried to like retrack the vocals um, at like a couple of times at later dates and the energy just like wasn't right. It's like so like free and effortless like that first time singing it, like not overthinking anything. Um, so I think it's cool when, when demo vocals like make it into final versions. Definitely. And I remember when we heard, because this was released June last year, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. So we've had this one in our lives for a while now. And I remember when we heard this, Will and I, because we, we text each other pretty much all day, every day. And as soon as a new song from Someone We Love comes out, we share it with each other. And we were both, well, we both loved it because I think especially when this is your fifth album. And for me, there's always that thing of, like, I've loved everything this band's done. I mean, there's a little bit of like fear of like surely they can't do it again and then we heard this song and we we're like oh no it's even better than all the rest of it it's amazing oh thank you so much that is lovely to hear <laughs> i'm so glad that's where you were going with that dan that was <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's such a it's such a it's such a big song but at the same time it really makes you feel it's so life-affirming uh, and I still get goosebumps listening to it, even as, even though it's been what nearly nine months since it came out. I think it's yeah, absolutely the the song that sets your stall out for for kind of what the what the rest of the album uh, contains. Uh, and I think we should Dan, should we head to the track two? Yeah, let's do it. Track two is Replays. It's just a feeling Remember you told me that There was nothing left for you to say Replay was written, I think, like the same week as Always Got the Love. Um, down in Melbourne. It was um, with a producer and writer, Styles Fuego, who's like done stuff with um, Troy Sivan, Khalid, Tate McRae, and does a lot of like K-pop stuff as well. And then my friend, Nat Dunn, who is like an incredible writer and she's done stuff with um, Charlie XCX, Blackpink, and like a bunch of artists. Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie. And, um, it was, it was the first time that Nat, Styles, and I like all worked together. And um, yeah, Replay was like written like quite quickly. It just sort of like flowed again. And um, yeah, it was another one where we like, I like got home from the studio and we were listening to it just on the surround sound. And I think at first, because um because i guess like when it was all, like so new i remember having thoughts like whoa like can we take cub sport here like this is like like pretty different um and yeah i guess the answer was yes <laughs> um it was and okay. yeah i over the year or so after that we kind of like perfected the production to to make sure it had like all the warmth and um, 
emotion and feeling and stuff that that I think is kind of like the common thread that like ties all the different Cubs for eras together. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's funny like when I often when I look back at an album track listing, I'll see that I wrote like a bunch of the songs like all within like a week or two of each other. They're like these little golden periods of time where it's like something's just like unlocked and things just like flow. Um, and yeah, those weeks in March, 2021 were like, uh, yeah, a bit of a sweet spot. And one of the things I've got to ask about this, because one of the, my favorite parts of this song, because again, it's it's a little bit unlike, no, we have heard it before, but in this song, I think it's really interesting, this, like how it's spoken word. I was getting real Grace Jones vibes from this one. Uh, how did you, was it always going to be spoken or did you have the lyrics and then did you experiment with singing and, and speaking? Um, I guess in the studio, I was just like, I had the mic and I was just kind of like doing a bit of a guide vocal, just like singing whatever came to me. And it's sort of just like what came out and it was like spoken and it felt felt right. I feel like there have been like little sort of like spoken moments throughout all of the albums, like at least one little moment on each one. Um, but I think this is kind of the first time that a whole verse has been like so spoken. It's usually a bit of a like half singing, half spoken when I do it. Um, but yeah, it kind of just like felt felt like it was the right fit and the right delivery. So yeah, not like a, a conscious thing, kind of just like what happened. And the production, as you said, is stunning. What I love is that it kind of, it feels like it's a step further into the dance floor. It's, it feels, you, you said it feels quite warm. I, I, I kind of wrote down, it feels quite lush in a way, just these, all these different effects and layers. It feels really textured. Um, and it's a great, again, we talk, we're obsessed with the structure of an album, the track listing of an album, the order of the singles, et cetera, et cetera this feels so right for the follow-up to Always Got The Love. Thank you. Okay, so the third track is uh, High For The Summer. summer um i wrote with my friend max um who has projects golden vessel and one tablespoon and we we like wrote a whole lot of songs together at the end of 2020 and there are like quite a few good ones in there but this one was just like my favorite one out of all of them and um it was a pretty similar moment to writing always got the love um where it just felt like it had this like really exciting and special energy that like this was like going to be part of what was to come um and yeah I think one of my like core memories with like this song 
is when we had like a beach holiday with friends at the end of 2020 and had like a bit of a party and I like played it and um yeah everyone was like whoa like I didn't even realize that this was you and um yeah vibes are high and I feel like this song like the the theme of the song for me is kind of like how even when life can like feel weird or hard or whatever having those moments of like being with friends um kind of like can like get you through any of it like the joy that comes from like being with people that you love um and yeah it was like the first little step into sort of like some drum and bass influences which sort of like popped up again like um later in working on the album but yeah I, I think high for the summer is one of my favorite like up, it's up the very top of my favorites um on this album uh, which must be difficult to do to choose a favorite yeah especially when there are only 10 songs um <laughs> yeah feel, i know everyone says it but it feels like picking like a favorite child or something yeah <laughs> and i guess there you i recorded more than 10 songs was it hard to get it down to the 10 tracks that ended up on the album or were these the clear ones that were the favorites that were the ones you were most proud of is there potentially more lying on a cutting room floor somewhere that uh to be revealed at a later point yeah it it was hard um cutting it down I knew that I wanted the album to be 10 songs like I've never made a 10 track album before like my my track listings usually are pretty indulgent and I love to like really like go on like a whole journey and so I wanted to kind of achieve that but within 10 songs and for it to be like for every song to kind of be like a pretty like hard-hitting pop song basically um but there were many different um versions of the track listing and like also because I was writing I wasn't like just writing kind of in this genre the whole way through I was writing what was coming to me and then seeing if it like fit this like vision for the feeling that I had for the album um but I think it didn't feel it didn't feel like the right thing until it was these specific 10 songs and like in this specific order but there is like another album that came from like that period of writing as well um and it's like a lot sadder like a bit weirder like more experimental kind of like more like nirvana leaning um and i'm like really obsessed with that collection of songs as well but it didn't really feel like the the right thing to do as like the next era of cub sport so i'm not sure what will happen with those songs i'd like to think that they will come out at some point maybe we'll do it as like a mixtape or like I don't know exactly, but yeah. There are plenty more songs for sure. <laughs> good to hear. Always good to hear. And I have to say, I, because obviously follow you on the socials, seen a lot of Lana Del Rey tweets lately. And I saw Hi for the Summer. And my first thought was, oh, Hi by the Beach. This is a, this is a, a Lana uh, tribute. Uh, of course, it, it actually isn't. But still hoping for that Lana cover of come mess me up 
Oh, yes. We have to. I've got a Lana Del Rey um, t-shirt on right now. Maybe we can get an AI to do um, Lana covering Come On Mess Me Up in the, in the interim before it happens for real. <laughs> yeah, in the interim, exactly. Okay, so moving on then. Track four, Keep Me Safe. Keep Me Safe, I wrote that song about the very start of Sam and I being together, like when we were 17 and like first fell in love and everything was like a total secret. Um, so I think the things that come with having like a secret relationship and for like being gay and trying to hide it from everyone in your life, it's like pretty complicated. Um, and I guess just like generally stressful feeling like, I don't know, I remember feeling like every time I saw like mum or dad calling me or something, I was like, oh my God, no, they're calling me because they've like figured out that I'm gay and they're like asking me about it. Um, but I think like on the inside of our like little world, like it was the best thing that had ever happened to me and like the most like exciting and like, perfect time of my life. Um, up until that point. So I wanted this song to kind of like capture the like the rush and like the, I guess the magic of that whole period of time. Cause when it was happening, um, there wasn't really anyone that we could let in on that, like other than each other. Like we didn't even have like a friend that we had like told about us. It was like literally just us two. Um, so I think now getting to kind of like revisit that time and write about it and like shine a light on like how special and like huge it was um, is like really affirming for, for our younger selves. And it's just nice to be able to sort of like celebrate something that I felt like quite ashamed of at the time. But I have to say it's, it's a real gift for fans and for myself, because I was in a very similar situation. I, I had a boyfriend, we were together for about three years. None of my family knew, barely any of my friends knew. And so you go through those experiences in life. And, you know, I think at the time you think, is it just me? Is it going to get any better, et cetera, et cetera. And then, but then you have a song like this and that's going to help so many people either after that situation or who might be in that situation now. But also the fact that you've done that and turned it into a, you know more of a dance song as well it kind of juxtaposes part of the story I always think that's an incredible thing to be able to stand in a crowd at your shows and dance and sing that song out loud and almost I guess celebrate what you do have or take ownership of the situation thank you so much and one of the things that's great about Cub Sport is that for a lot of people for me certainly my my the first track I heard was called Mess Me Up and a huge part of that track is the vocal. And that's kind of what I think drew us into that sound and made us fall in love with it. But since then, the vocal is used as an instrument, I suppose, and put through so many effects and altered. Um, is it 
is there ever any any sort of conflict about how much you do that on the songs um i think it kind of all depends on like how it's making me feel i think like putting effects on vocals can bring out like or like emphasize an emotion or feeling or texture that's like in there that could be like hidden away in the natural vocal and then once you like put a certain effect on it or like speed it up or pitch it up or something it like kind of changes the way that it feels and sometimes like sometimes it it doesn't work and it's like no go back to the natural vocal but sometimes the effects um just like bring out something really special that like feels i don't know it feels better than just singing it naturally um so i think it yeah and i never really like overthink it or like let let myself like question it it's like if something something feels good I'm like no this is like the way that it should be but it is something that I love doing like I think that my voice is like kind of like one of my strengths in like in like writing songs and performing and stuff so it's really fun to kind of be able to use it in lots of different ways Okay, so the fifth track is Zoom, uh, which is a nice coincidence. I could tell you that I love you. I could kiss you in a park. I could go out in a long trench. I know that I'm hiding mine. I kind of want to ruin my Zoom is another one that I wrote about like the very early days of me and Sam and it like the the opening of it is about like the first time that we ever like actually had a conversation and it was year eight and Sam had moved schools to like come to the school that I was at and I'd seen him around as like one of the new kids and then I think it was like the first weekend like after you'd started at Northside um and we were at like a a Westfield and we like saw each other across this like juice bar kiosk thing and like recognized each other and then like went around the side and like said hi but I remember like when we made eye contact across the juice bar, um, it it's like such a vivid memory and it's like almost like a, like literally like a scene from a movie or something. Like in my mind, it's like slow motion and there's like a light shining down on Sam. Um, it wasn't but- until years later that we spoke about that moment and realized that we both had this same movie-like montage memory of the moment uh, very special yeah i'm a cry oh, i just got goosebumps I'm a crier and i'm trying to hold back the tears at the moment that is such a cool that's such a nice story <laughs> there is a there's a move there's a movie in that in your journey and that moment and kind of everything that came on to pass since then yeah with a banging soundtrack yeah <laughs> obviously um the chorus of the song is basically about like 
be like when I get home from school, I just like look at photos of Sam and just like literally just like zoom in on his face and just stare at it like whoa like yeah I was very obsessed um (laughs) still am (laughs) I remember the first time hearing um like the first pass of the song um we're actually sitting where we are right now and I had no idea so often when I come down to the studio after Tim's written a song Tim would be like do you want to come hear what I've been working on um and I don't think he'd been down here for very long at all and had this you know fully fleshed song and I came downstairs and as usual had no idea what I was about to listen to um and then he pressed play and I was listening to the lyrics and I was <laughs> instantly in tears as yeah I was very moved by the the memory being brought to life the way it was I- and if it makes the uh, live set list, then you're going to be hearing this one a lot over the next few months as well, which must be an amazing feeling to to be hearing Tim singing your both of your story to to crowds. That must be such a weird feeling, but an amazing mm. feeling. It is, yeah. Five albums in, and I'm still um, still yeah in in shock that I I have that I get to experience it. Yeah, I think. I like often have this thought like imagine if like 17 year old us could like see like what we're doing now and at the time like being so scared about anybody finding out about us and now we can like sing about our whole love story like on a stage in front of like hundreds of thousands of people and that like we don't have to hide it and we can be proud of it and that there are people there who are like rooting for us and um yeah it's like there are there are so many moments like usually at the end of party pill when we perform that song um because we're like both singing i'll like kind of like walk over and we just like sing it to each other and that's like a point in the show like nearly every time where i'm just like it's like happy tears, but I feel like I'm like gonna cry. Um, Cause yeah, every time it's like, whoa, like what we're doing right now is like the exact thing that we were like dreaming of when we were teenagers. So it's yeah, very, very cool. And I'm like very grateful for the way that it's all kind of like worked out. I love the idea about the, the hope and inspiration that that will give to young queer kids uh, who can look at what you're doing now and take so much away from from that and and feel so good about that and have somebody a role model to to look up to i think we better move on because dan's going to be blazing over i can see his, uh, i can I see your eyes dan <laughs> when i yeah. see the show in london I'm going to be going to hear me sobbing. Now, now I hear like all the insights to these stories and these songs and like <laughs> after party pill, like, you'll just hear me sobbing. It's going to be really embarrassing. But I love you. <laughs> but Beyond. yes, <laughs> let's move on to track six, which is songs about it. So I write songs about it.
So Songs About It is another one that I wrote with Styles Fuego and Nat Dunn. And we actually wrote this song the same day that we wrote Replay. And it was in that like golden few weeks um, from like March 2021 where it just felt like it was like flowing and like something was, I don't know, just like coming through. Meant to be. And yeah, I think like lyrically this song is about like when you first fall in love and that becomes like the only thing you care about and everything else kind of just like fades into the background. And I think that's very much what happened when we first got together because it was like we get to be ourselves when it's just us two. Like there was like not, no one else I wanted to be around and like nothing else that I wanted to do. Um, and yeah, I think sonically I love how light and just like fun this song is. And I think where it sits in the album as well, like just after Zoom and Keep Me Safe, it like is that's kind of like a bit a bit of the album that gets like quite like emotional or whatever. And then this one feels like a bit of a like pick me up to like keep the balance of like light and emotion and um yeah. Yeah, the perfect energetic lift. Definitely. It's the same for the live setting for the for the song. I think it's quite possibly one of my favorite songs we've ever played live. We debuted it at a festival over New Year's and the energy and the connection with the crowd, it was so instantaneous and probably the most so ever for a new song that we played um, that was at the time unreleased. Um, and it was just so exciting that everyone sort of was in this moment together and could feel how like, connected we were. It's a, yeah, pretty electric. I'm obsessed with 90s dance music. So when I, the first time I heard this, it was just literally music to my ears because the keys and, and the beat that runs through it is just so, so, so takes me so back to those times and kind of growing up with that, with the music around. Uh, and based on the story behind this song, it feels like it's a really good fit as well. Yeah, totally. Likewise, I was walking to work this morning, listening to this song with my headphones on. It was grey, it was drizzling. But I could just see laser lights. I felt like I was in the club. It was amazing. <laughs> yes. It was the lift I needed to get me to work this morning. <laughs> and kind of got me thinking about the new Calvin Harris. Is it Calvin Harris and Ellie Golding? It sounds like a Sash song. This kind mm. of that similar 90s dance vein, which is amazing. Yeah, I love it. I remember uh, a mix CD that Tim made in that first year we were together when we were sort of 17, 18. Uh, that had Robert Miles on it. And I it was probably my first um, introduction into music fully of that world. Um, and I'm so happy that it's come full circle to be incorporated into the world of Cub Sport um, with songs about it. It's very cool. This was a lovely surprise. And I love the plate, like you talked about the placing of it. It's, it's great after those the slight, slightly more subdued moments. But also if you've got the vinyl, then this opens the second side which is an amazing opener as well i think for that yeah so good thank you <laughs> or the cassette very 90s so the seventh track is beg you
Beg You is one that I worked on just like by myself at home. I I recorded in the synth on like a, a Juno and then basically just like freestyled a vocal over the top of it. And it was quite a bit slower when I like first did that initial like writing um, for this song. And then when I was trying to like bring in a drum element, I had this like drum loop that was, that felt, felt really good and like a little bit weird. It was like sounds that I hadn't really heard in like drums before. Like it almost sounds like things just like banging against a desk or I don't know. It's like a pretty, a pretty like weird drum loop and it almost like falls in and out of time and stuff. And so I like wanted to hear what the song sounded like with that behind it. So I like sped everything up to fit the tempo of the drum loop. And then when I listened back to that, it was like, I don't know, it had like unlocked something. And there was something in the, in the vocal delivery that like once it was sped up, it had this like new, like new level of like emotion and desperation in it or something. And it just like, yeah, it like felt so impactful or something. Um, so I like chopped up the drum loop into like little sections to kind of like tidy it up a bit. And then yeah, added some extra like synths and stuff in there to like build it out. But I wanted it to kind of like stay pretty true to that like sparse, like demo feeling. Um, and yeah, I feel like it's probably the the weirdest like kind of song on the album in terms of like production and sound and everything. Um, but I feel like in an album that kind of is more like clean cut and um, concise than other Cubsport albums, it was like really important to have like a, a bit of a kind of like weird like demo vibe song in there. And although it isn't as like, um, I don't know what the, what the right word is. It's not as like tidy. It's not like this tidy, like dance track, like the other songs, but it has like this, um, this like energy and like propulsion to it that I think, um, it like, it feels like it brings the, the whole album to like, to life in another way, like having its inclusion there. Um, but yeah, this is another one of my favorites on the album. And I think I recorded this in the back half of 2020 as well. And it's one that has like stood the test of time. Like as I've like written so many other songs, I've like kept this one like right in there. It was a period of time as well where it wasn't on the album track listing. Um, and I think the point where we brought it back on is where it really felt like the body of work started to feel complete and whole energetically. And like Cubsport. Yeah. I feel like I, yeah, there was like working through different track listings. I think there were points where it like went kind of like beyond feeling like a, like genuine Cubsport thing. And I think I, I was like trying to maybe just put like the most 
um, the songs that I felt would be the best received like commercially or something and not necessarily the ones that felt like they were in like my favorites and like the the ones that um I kept coming back to like personally or something and so it was kind of about finding finding the ones that um fit together to kind of like feel like feel genuinely right and like something that felt like it was like consumable or something I don't know this is the joy of 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 an album as a, as a whole piece of work where you can have these moments of something a little bit different something more your something more personal to you alongside the bigger more obvious singles or uh tracks that everybody knows that actually if you're in really into the album and a massive fan of the artist you've got these moments for something a little bit different uh and you know, so what if not everyone's going to hear them because they're on there and you you love them and you appreciate them, and again, it's just that's our for us that's what we love about albums in as a whole. And when you listen through an album track by track, you get moments like this, uh, which give you real pause for thought. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, love that. And you said mm. weird. I wrote down interesting, which I think was a more polite way to <laughs> say it. Because what I like about this one is I couldn't. I just couldn't place it. I couldn't put it in a genre or a style. And that's no bad thing because it just means that like every second of that song, it just holds my intrigue. Uh, and going back to listen to it again and again, it's just, it, yeah, it's a real atmospheric thing. And I, I'm glad it made it back to the album. Yeah, uh, thank you. Moving on then, track eight, Hold. one that I wrote with Nat Dunn. It was the first time that we had ever like actually like hung out or written together. And there was like, yeah, kind of like some weird stuff going on like around me in my life. And I was like at Nat's place um, at the Sunshine Coast, which is like an hour and a bit north of Brisbane where, where we would live. And yeah, I, like, got a phone call while I was there and, like, I don't know, some, some like, weird news. Um, and I think it was kind of, like, fateful that I was with Nat, like, in that moment because um, we ended up, yeah, kind of, like, turning it into this song that I think if, you, if you're just kind of, like, listening to it, it's, like, pretty, like, euphoric and um has like a, a a lightness to it um despite kind of like the lyrics and yeah at the when I f- I kind of like produced the the original demo of it and it was a bit slower and like the the production and everything was a lot straighter and it was in a lower key and there was something, I like loved the song, but there was something about the way that it felt 
like with the production that just like wasn't quite right. So I took it to Styles Fuego and we spent like a whole day just kind of like playing around with it. And then it was like right towards the end of the day, he just like sped it up and pitched it up and then started like putting this like drum and bass like um, feel to it basically. And it felt like that was the moment that the song like fully unlocked. And then, um, and then after that, I kind of like added some more like synth layers and I think brought like a little bit of like weirdness back into it. And Sam recorded some um, live piano to like slot in there as well. And it was kind of like in those final um, tweaks of production that it felt like it really started to like shine and reveal itself as like the song that it was like always working towards being. Um, and yeah, in terms of like where it sits on the album, I love that it's like another kind of like big injection of energy, like in the back half of the album. Definitely. And as well, I think we've talked about how we're hearing hints of 90s dance as an influence and we've hinted at trance with some of the keys. I'm getting real, you mentioned drum and bass, but also some UK garage vibes on this one, which I didn't think is something I would say talking about a Cub Sports <laughs> song, but it so works on this track. Thank you. Yeah, like Daniel Beddingfield, Gotta Get Through This, was definitely an inspiration when we were working on the production. And that, that was one of my favourite songs when I was little. And I remember um, listening to Daniel Beddingfield and being like, wow, I wonder if I could like sing songs like this one day. So it kind of feels like, yeah, an homage to like, yeah, my great love of Daniel Beddingfield when I was little. And what else was you listening to that you talked about Daniel Beddingfield? What else was you, what other albums were you listening to while you're making this album? Um, I was listening to a lot of Fred again. Um, and it was kind of before he was like such a prominent figure in music. Um, I kind of got onto Fred again from listening to Jada G, um, which he produced with her, that song, um, Both of Us. And I was like playing that song to Styles, and then he was like, oh, do you know Fred again? Like that's who like works on like this song. Um, and yeah, then I, I kind of like got into everything that Fred again was doing. And there's something about the, the way that it's like, this like really beautiful emotional music with like euphoric, like dance beats. And I was like, this like feels very aligned with my vision for like what the next era of Cub Sport was going to feel like. Um, so that was a big inspiration. I'm trying to think what else I was listening to. Um, Charlie XCX. The Blaze. Yeah. And then, yeah, probably like always listening to like a little bit of like Britney, Ariana, Lana Del Rey, Frank Ocean. Um, a good mix. Yeah. It's like somewhere in the middle of all of those artists. The Britney cover, by the way, is stunning from the Apple. I can't remember what it's called now, but Apple the live EP on Apple. That Brit oh, thank you so That's much. Okay, so we're on to the penultimate track now, which is Yaya. 21 birds. 
So I wrote Yaya with Morat um, and with Simon Lamb, who I did Always Got the Love with. And yeah, this is, I feel like I'm saying it about basically every song, but this is another one of my favorite songs on the album. Um, when we were writing it, um, it kind of started with the, the synth chords and then at some point, not too far into the writing process, Grace, Mulrat, um, did like a vocal freestyle on the mic and recorded some ideas in. And then she like re-sampled it and kind of like played it back in and like tweaked it and stuff to create that kind of like vocal chop riff that's through all the choruses. And I feel like that kind of like started to give the song its identity. And I love that it's sort of like a, a production technique that is sort of usually heard in kind of like something that sounds like much like clubbier. And I think hearing it in a more like subdued, like gentle, beautiful song is just like, it, it felt like really unique and tender. Totally. And like it tied, it kind of tied in some of those other influences into like, yeah, a more um, like intimate moment or something. And then I went and recorded harmonies like over her vocal chop, which again, like sounded like super unique and cool. Um, and yeah, I love, I love the lyrics in this song and Maybe that's why there are like so many verses. I don't know how many verses there are, but there are a lot. Um, and yeah, I think there's like some really special storytelling through that. And um, this one has Zoe singing with more rat um, through the choruses as well. It was like when we first worked on the song, the choruses just had the vocal chop thing. And it was like, sounded really amazing but there was like definitely something missing and Zoe recorded that like mm, I'll always love you idea like through the choruses and I think hearing that it kind of felt like it tied everything together and it like kind of brought like uh something special to like the context of the verses and stuff I don't know it was like one of those moments where it's like okay this is like what the song needed like now it's kind of complete. And again, we talk about, we're, you know, obsessed is, is probably the right word. I think I said that before about the structure of an album. I think if we could, if we could put our perfect album together, it would be 10 tracks and track nine would just be that little bit of a breather before, you know, the last one before the big track 10 to end it all. And this is what this is, because I, I think you can hear everything in there that you hear through the rest of the album with the instruments, with the vocals, uh, with the inspiration, but it's just a little bit more minimal than we've heard it elsewhere. And so, you know, track 10, hopefully, maybe heading back to the dance floor. Yes, <laughs> and we do. <laughs> um, so yeah, track 10 is 
magic in you. Initial inspiration for this song um, was Azealia Banks. I can't even remember what song it is now, but it's just like an almost like spoken kind of vocal, like over a beat, and you can't even really tell like what key it's in or anything at the start. And I wanted to like start a song like that and then have like something really warm and beautiful, kind of like subtly like come in um and yeah that's what that's what happened with magic in you and I like really love the the piano chords and part in this and I wanted that to be like kind of at the at the front of the song um so yeah the the vocals are pretty like simple and I, I did write more sections um, to have in there vocally, but it felt like it was like crowding the song, maybe like taking away the like simpleness and purity of it. Um, but yeah, I think this song kind of feels like a, a little like pick me up and like a, it's like still like a banging song, but it's kind of like gentle and almost feels like uh, like a little like uplifting hug or something um but yeah and it's got like the slow down section with like a bunch of like vocal samples and stuff that um styles added in there when we were like finishing this song off um but yeah I, I feel like in terms again of like the sequencing of the album and like the the energetic like arc of like the the journey of the album it feels like a really perfect way to kind of like close out the whole journey it's such a yeah i'd written down uh, it was a warm it's a warm moment of gentle euphoria to kind to send you on your way uh at the end of these 10 tracks and kind of leaving the listener wanting to listen to it again or wanting wanting more, wanting that live experience that that they can really enjoy the music as it's intended to be experienced, to dance, namely. And how are you feeling about this selection, this album being released now? After I guess you know June last year, we had the first track, a long period of work on it. Now it's the time to come out. How are you feeling as as it's being released now? I'm just so excited for people to hear it. I'm like really proud of the singles that we've put out, but I think I've always been someone who writes to like the album format. And I think it's kind of like the songs that come in between the singles that really give it like the full context and that makes it feel like very cub sport to me. so I'm, I'm always like, whenever we release singles, I'm like, I just want everyone to hear everything in the context of like the whole body of work. 
Um, Cause I feel like that's kind of where the vision like shines brightest. So yeah, I'm just really excited for people to hear um, like some of the more obscure and um, subdued moments. Um, and yeah, I guess, yeah, just experience the whole journey. And Sam, we heard from Tim uh, some of their favorite songs from the album, which was most of them, I think, actually, in the end. <laughs> uh, do you have any standout favorites? And also, which are you most looking forward to performing live? Uh, yeah, I definitely have standout favorites. I feel like typically Tim and I align on a lot of things in music and in, and in life. Um, and it's the same with the songs. Uh, I would say Keep Me Safe, for sure. Um, I think shining a light on that private little world we had as 17 year olds is really magical. And I'm so happy we get to do it. Um, and that also has ended up being a real standout for me live. We played it for the first time a few weeks ago in New Zealand. Um, and I wasn't expecting it to sort of go so hard. Um, and it wasn't until we were experiencing it with an audience that I realized how like massive that moment was gonna be in the show. So I'm really excited to play like a ton of shows and, and get to do that every night. Um, another favorite is definitely songs about it. Um, again, I think something about the energy and just getting to play that live is so exciting to me. Um, then Yaya um, is just so beautiful and I love the storytelling. Um, and I always come back to listening to that one and probably Magic in You as well. Basically, most of them as well. <laughs> yeah. Which is probably the same for us as well, I think, Will. So uh, can't argue with that. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, we're so looking forward to you coming to the UK. And not very far, not very long off now. Uh, and hearing these songs uh, live uh, in all their glory. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. Because I know you're going to be in London and Bristol amongst other places in the UK. Yes, that's right. so excited. London, Bristol, Manchester and Glasgow, starting Glasgow on the 29th of April, Manchester on the 30th, Bristol the 1st of May and London the 4th of May. That's quite a, a rapid trip across the UK, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in and out. <laughs> but thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today and going track by track through this incredible album, Jesus at the Gay Bar is out now for everyone to enjoy. Thank, Thank you, you so much, much for having us. Well, we, we certainly. certainly had a giggle catching up with Sam and Tim from Cub Sports to talk about Jesus at the Gay Bar. And I can't endorse this album enough if you haven't listened to it in its entirety uh just go and do it now hopefully you've got some time over the long weekend or in the future in the future uh to enjoy this this new release album uh what a treat what a treat so if you are listening on release day thank you so much for supporting track by track on patreon you have got early access to this episode and you will always get early access to albums that we record with the artists to celebrate their new albums some exciting ones in the pipeline for later on in the year already, so stay tuned for that. But Track by Track rolls on on Patreon, across podcasting platforms. Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what... Oh, blind me. Where did that come... 
And we haven't done that for a while, but I'd quite happily do it, actually, Will, if that's okay. No, because we're, we're all over the place these days, so I don't even know what you would say the hint of the tease for the next thing it would be. Well, what I can tell you, Will, is because this episode and the last episode were available for all listeners, the next two episodes are Patreon exclusives. And actually, they've already been announced. So next week, we're going track by track through Madonna's American Life. And the week after, we're going track by track through Gold Gold Flaps, Gold (laughs) Fraps, Black Cherry, two incredible albums. We've also got the second part of our new series, The Remix, where we are celebrating 10 tracks by 10 remixes, of course, by Purple Disco Machine. So what better time to sign up and join us on Patreon? And if you want even further of an incentive, the Madonna American Life episode that's coming up, I can reveal Dan is doing a bit of rapping. Mm. Christmas present rapping. Very early. <laughs> you do get excited about Christmas. Uh, but I, uh, And also, we will be going through the album uh, and uh, celebrating Madonna again uh, so soon. But yeah, lots of fun. Thank you for joining us for this special episode. I hope you enjoy the, the new album by Cub Swap. Please support them. They're on tour in the UK, uh, in London and Bristol and in other places, but that's all we're interested in because uh, that's where we live. Yep. But uh, yeah, go. And until next time, I've been God's dad. Uh, and I've been high for the summer and cool for the summer. Oh, and high by the beach. And staying out for the summer, actually, as well. Oh, summer loving. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.